Hello, my name is Josh, and I have never seen Steven Spielberg's E.T. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Fine, I'll Watch It. As always, my name is Adam. I'm Bridget. And I'm Johnny. And we are joined, as you heard up top, by Josh, who has never seen the movie E.T., the extraterrestrial. Josh, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's uh, it's truly an honor. Well, it's great. Yeah, Josh, you are uh, one of our close friends, so we figured we'd get you in here for uh, something that... I know when it was brought up, this movie, there was a an audible scream, screech from Johnny. Uh, and then Bridget was also like, what? This was very much a, a loud, visceral, I can't believe it style reaction uh, to you. So I know um, that we are all very excited uh, to have you here today. Yeah, I, uh, I know this is uh, one of these movies that everyone loves and saw it as a kid. And uh, for whatever reason, I... Uh, Never got around to it, and I know, uh, you know, specifically Johnny and Bridget. They're, uh, I know they're very excited. I love this movie, so I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm excited to see where it goes. And uh, I mostly like Spielberg, so um, I hope, uh, hope he delivers. Nice. Well, I think that's a good place to start. Kind of the conversation is what, you know, what is your kind of history with Spielberg movies? I know you just said that you like them, but uh, do you have a particular favorite? Is there something about his his style that really speaks to you? Like, what is what is your kind of thoughts on on the man, Steven Spielberg? So uh, just to start, last night I uh, had rewatched uh, Schindler's List, mm-hmm. um, the uh, you know the, that upbeat film. Mm-hmm. So really, really with Steven Spielberg, you know, he's certainly one of the most beloved directors out of, you know, I had, you know, of course, cinema history. And, you know, personally, he's made some of my, my favorite films. Um, I'm drawn, you know, I have a degree in history, so I'm, I'm drawn to, you know, his, you know, films like Amistad and Lincoln and uh, the rarely discussed War Horse <laughs> that I've, uh, I've been made fun of for liking. But uh, it's a fine movie. Yeah. Yeah. But I, uh, I don't know. It's even, you know, he's he's of that class of director that came out in like the 60s, 70s and, you know, working with George Lucas. Um, you know, I, I have a very uh, close uh, familiarity and, and love of him. But there's just a the few movies that have like slipped through the cla- uh, excuse me, the cracks, like E.T. You said, too, that for the most part you enjoy it. Are there certain films of his that you dislike or is there like an element of his his body of work that you, you know, doesn't connect with you in some way. You know, um, you know, now, now I'm really thinking about it, there's not really a movie I've, I've seen that I've, I've disliked. Maybe War of the Worlds didn't really blow me away mm-hmm. when mm. that came out. Um, and then I know there's like a period from after he did Saving Private Ryan to up to War of the Worlds Munich that, um, you know, I didn't see, uh, AI, or um, I've seen like bits and pieces of the terminal. Yeah, I don't. I think he's a very visual, visual director, and you know, of course, he's got that panning and zoom very quickly. Uh, the uh, Jaws shot. Yeah. Yeah. And and I always think of 
you know, because I'm a big Star Wars fan. I always think of Revenge of the Sith, where he has George Lucas has said that he had an uncredited cameo or not cameo, excuse me, a directing credit where towards the beginning of the movie, he did that zoom in pan when the, uh, uh, you know, Obi-Wan and Anakin are crashing the, uh, the, the ship onto Coruscant. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah, I hadn't heard that before. Hmm. It could be, it could be George just messing with us, but I, you know, he does I, like to do that. Yeah. So, but no, I, uh, you know, for the most part, Steven Spielberg, I think he's a fantastic director. I wouldn't say he's my favorite, but he's made a lot of very personal movies to me. And you know, just rewatching Schindler's List last night, you know, just showed the, you know, that's where everything changed. Yeah. You know, sort of tell and you know i watched a few interviews with them on, on on youtube and you could just say like you know i feel like i was working up to that movie so you know he referenced when he discovered schindler's list when it came from the book uh it was uh brought to him in 1983 which mm-hmm. i believe was when et was made uh just uh, shortly uh, after yeah okay 82 was et 82 yeah. yep so he he had mentioned that he wasn't ready for that and i felt like you know from jaws to indiana jones that i've seen and then jurassic park to schindler's list it's just he's he's built uh he's built quite the resume and so uh it'll be in i think it'll be interesting to see this early spielberg style because i'm mostly used to his um modern movies or like the 90s and on mm-hmm Okay, so I know we mentioned it before, but obviously uh, Bridget and Johnny are both very big fans of this movie, and I believe Spielberg as well, as we've talked about with you know uh, like Jaws and things like this in the in the past. Uh, does one of you guys want to go first and kind of give your thoughts on the uh, on your experience with the man and the movie? This is probably my first movie I think experience or memory that I have, and. Rightfully so, because I've spun the VHS until it probably caught on fire on the VCR. Oh, my God. Did you um, have the green VHS? Sorry. Yeah, I to... had, like, every version at some point. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, to the point where, like, the tape just looked like E.T.'s face by, like, 1995. <laughs> um, it It's it's a very uh, personal movie for me, and I'm not going to get too much into it right now. Um, it's a movie that I used to watch with my grand, grandmother all the time. But that was pretty much the the entry point for me for Spielberg's filmography. Cause I, there, I, I pretty much adore most of his work. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned the terminal watching bits and pieces of it. I mean, that's as probably as about as good as it gets. You know what I mean? Just watch bits and pieces of that movie. Um, <laughs> but I like, I like war of the worlds like a lot, probably a lot more than most people. Um, I know the third act is kind of, you know, it is what it is, but I think the first two thirds are just pure masterclass Spielberg. Um, so I lean more and unlike Josh, I think I lean more towards the science fiction Spielberg, the sort of fantastical Spielberg. Um, I still very much enjoy the Schindler's list. Um, uh, like, I, like you said, you mentioned Lincoln, uh, some of his other, uh, serious movies, but I guess when it really comes, I know people talk like movie, movie magic, like movies that are magical. I mean, this is literally the embodiment of that. And if, you know, it was like wizard of Oz and then like, you know, six years later it was this, you know what I mean? It's just, yeah. there are movies in between that that do tap into the sort of that, like you walk away, like that's why the motion pictures were, were made. I mean, I don't, 
I, I, I don't want to gush too much about this movie ahead of, ahead of Josh seeing it. Um, but it falls into that class of just like beyond going beyond the medium. It's just like, it's, it just feels that good, that magical, that wonderful. And it, it does make you feel like a kid watching it. Cause I've tried to watch it through like adult eyes and like critiquing it and re- you know, reviewing it. And I'll try to do that tonight. But for the most part, I'll probably like melt away that sort of like, uh, idea of like doing that with the movie and just sort of fall back into how I watched it when I was four or five years old. Yeah. My, my relationship to it is very similar. Like this is probably the first movie that wasn't like a Disney animated feature. That yeah. I it was saw. probably the first like live action, like movie that I remember watching. I think, yeah, like lady and the tramp and some other ones that I used to spin a lot, but yeah, to your point, it was like the first like live action movie mm-hmm. memory that I think I had. And, yeah, and, you know, it's a movie that, like, I can remember watching when I was very little, like, to the point that, like, my imaginary friend when I was a kid was, like, E.T. inspired. <laughs> like, I imagined him looking like E.T., but he rode a motorcycle. But anyways. So, oh, like, bitchin'. It, it, so bitchin'. Um, but the it's a movie I've come back to and, like, have had different sort of feelings about and related to different characters at certain ages. And it, like, there's a richness in it that has sort of, like, stayed throughout. Like, my my feelings towards it, I do feel very nostalgic about it, but it is, like, my appreciation for it isn't just strictly there, um, which is, I think, yeah, part of the reason it is, like, ultimate like movie magic and there are so many movies that come after this that like attempt to do what this movie does and like just can't match it there is something you know just in its essence that like nothing else has ever really tapped into yeah i mean i this is so i mean just i'll just say it right now this is probably my favorite movie of all time i mean it continues to sort of switch out maybe one or two other ones but I think yeah. purely on more of a memory nostalgia, me watching it as a kid. But I think beyond that, I think it just you you put all that away, like technically and the storytelling. I mean, there's almost like not an ounce of fat on this movie, and like it's so hard to just like try to rip this movie to shreds. Um, and I'm sure Brian will die trying if he wanted to. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Brian Brian is leaving the apartment. He cannot deal with this movie. <laughs> He's going to Derek's. <laughs> yeah. Um, but. <laughs> Yeah, so like again, I've I've tried to sort of watch it with those eyes, Bridget, where I'm trying to put aside the watching it with my mother or my grandmother in California or what have you, and just sort of trying to take it in as like just in a movie experience from like like I said, the storytelling, the technicalities of it, the direction, mm-hmm. the cast. I mean, the kids. Um, oh, the, yeah, there's there's so much that is done purposefully with this, which we can't necessarily no, yeah. get into now. It's like maybe one but, of my favorite parts of the movie too. So yeah, but like. The, you know, there's a lot of, sometimes like in movies, there are like great scenes that sort of happen by accident, you know, like, you know, there's scenes in Indiana Jones, like things that happen, like that were not choices. And in this movie, there are choices that are made that I think are really interesting that are like, yes, like, and that is in some ways more magical of like, oh my, like, and just interesting to think about too. But we'll get there, I guess. Right, right. Um, yeah, I think Josh, you're gonna see a lot of like homage, not like homage, I guess homages and touchstones and things in other movies going forward. I mean, we'll talk later on about the Goonies and Stand by Me and uh, Stranger Things and other movies that sort of wanted to, you know, eye level 
with uh, you know a kid's perspective of how to sort of ingest the world that's happening around them. But yeah, I, I I'm excited for you, man. This is this is a this is a big one. You said it <laughs> fell through the crack, man. This thing fell through like the canyon, dude. I don't know how you missed this one, but <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, there's, there's, it's, it's, there's yeah, it's not exactly the color purple, dude. I mean, this is like pretty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, because you mentioned that you saw it when you were four, and Bridget, you know, you saw it when you were younger um, as well. I don't like my parents weren't weren't the best at showing me films. Um, you know, the right. I think no, I, I hear that. Yeah, <laughs> that's why this podcast started is because my parents yeah. weren't good at showing me films. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think you know, I, you know th- thinking about it. I think the first movie I, I recall ever seeing um, might have been Hook. Mm. Okay. Okay. And, still Spielberg. Uh, We're still on the Spielberg wavelength. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're still on the magic carpet a little bit. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, I, I just remember now I actually had Peter Pan's like toy sword from that nice. movie. That uh, the but, dagger. Yeah. But with with ET, I know there's like it's been like in other films. You know, I recall uh, was it ten years ago. Or so, J.J. Uh, Abrams, you know, made Super 8, mm. which was, right. you know. Yeah, that has a lot of the DNA of movies like E.T. and other yeah. films of that of that ilk. Yeah, I think I recall uh, having a conversation with you, Johnny, about it. You said that was basically Goonies meets E.T. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, it's it's and it's not a movie that like kind of blindly went in and tried to steal anything i mean it's literally like jj abrams like i wanted to recreate like the et experience that i had as a kid i always wanted to like create yeah. that experience for myself and obviously it had like 100 percent backing of spielberg i think he's like not only like an executive producer which he seems to sort of stamp his name on for dollar signs like all over the place but mm-hmm. he was actually like a producer so like on set like working with people on a day-to-day basis seeing the dailies um so there was a lot of Spielberg involvement with that. So again, the DNA is there, but you know the man himself was was there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it captured it captured some of that magic. But at the end of the day, it just kind of just made me want to, you know, watch ET. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I personally found that movie disappointing. <laughs> but yeah. like, I saw it once and was like, eh. Adam, uh, what's your? Because your reaction was not as strong as mine and Johnny's was, and the two of us maybe are like very very close to this movie like what's your what's your relationship with et i really like this movie but i have not watched it in probably 20 years oh Um, so i i remember liking as a kid i remember i liked it to the point where i was like i want to watch other movies like this and went and rented um oh did you get mac and me no i didn't get mac and me (laughs) i got uh i got close encounters Oh, which is a very, it's a very, very different. But I was like, oh, it's the same guy who made DT and yeah. it's space and there's like a spaceship on the front. Like, this will be fun. Like, this will be something. And it's not at all the Mm-mm. same kind of movie. So <laughs> uh, that didn't ruin anything for me. But I, I mean, I liked this movie as a kid. You know, I, I remember all the different beats that are obviously the important ones uh, that come through. Uh, you know, I love the ride at Universal. I think that's super fun. Uh, I know. I want to go. I don't. The, I don't think it's there anymore. By the way, but um, uh, I I don't know. I'll have to fact check you on that one. Uh, maybe in between. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that it is. I mean, I went not too long ago, and it it was still there. But okay, okay. the world the world changes. I know um, the Jaws ride was taken out 100. percent The Jaws ride is gone. Yeah. yeah. As is the Back to the Future. Um. So most of the the older great, but I think because ET is a kids movie. 
you know, more so than the other two. I mean, Back to the Future still is, but not to the way that E.T. is. I think that's why that ride kind of stays where those other two didn't. Um, But I really like the movie. It's just one of the, it's not one of those ones that I ever, you know, decided like I'm going to go back to or I'm going to revisit. So I'm excited to to see this again. It won't be as fresh as Josh's take, obviously, uh, but I'm I'm very excited to go in and uh, and see this again after having not seen it for so long. Uh, I don't know why it never became one of those. I think maybe just because it was one of those ones that was so early on for me that I saw it because there wasn't the repetition and because there wasn't that um, that kind of you know heartstring you know thing that you guys that you guys had where it's it, it's there and it's it's in your your blood almost to uh yeah. to love this movie where i feel like i don't have that same connection that's probably why i never went back routinely throughout you know my my older years uh, so I'm, I'm very much excited to see this and and to the antithesis of josh's point i'm more having now seen jaws uh, i'm more in the older spielberg camp than i am in the newer like I was looking at his his filmography and outside of the, you know, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, which was meh, but like I, I don't think I've seen a Spielberg movie after Minority Report until we get to like maybe The Post or Ready Player One. I don't even remember if I saw The Post. I think I did. So like that whole stretch of like 2002 to 2017, I didn't see anything that he made outside of Indiana Jones. So... There was a, uh, but like, you know, I love the Indiana, the Indiana Jones movies, Jurassic Park, Hook, Schindler's List, like all of those, this, all of those older ones. Um, and having obviously now seen Jaws, I think that that puts me more in the older Spielberg camp rather than the newer. Um, so I'm, I'm very excited to, uh, to see this and to, to get Josh more familiar with the, the early works, if you will. Josh, you've kind of talked a little bit about like what you know, what, what you don't know. I mean, you, you know some of the beats from this movie, right? Yeah, I mean, obviously the I the thing that sticks out in my mind is you know the 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 scene at the climax because uh, I've seen it like obviously his production company Amblin. Oh yeah, the know, has the you know. And you've seen my forearm. Yeah, <laughs> him on the bike and you know. Yeah, quite literally in my blood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of hard not to know that spoiler going in just because yeah. it is the production company logo and, mm-hmm. and everything like that now. And you've seen so many Spielberg movies. Uh, but is that kind of the is that kind of it in terms of what what, you know, going into this? Yeah. Other than that, you know, I'm, I'm pretty blind. Uh, OK. I know there's uh, little kids and, uh, you know, uh, I think he finds an alien <laughs> and then they interact and uh, there might be like government trying to get uh, I'm very clueless. I, I, for whatever reason, you know, several years, never reading about it or hearing about it. And even when I've talked to, talked to you all. Um, now, uh, Josh, you, uh, me and you both, and I think a lot of people also, but me and you have had conversations about, you know, great composers and we've shared our love of Williams work. Have you stumbled upon just like some of those tracks and going through like a greatest of, you know, I, I know, like, even throughout the 90s, you had all those, like, gold, like golden top 10, 20 tracks of, like, the artists. I think John Williams had a number of those. Yeah. Um, I mean, have you ever stumbled upon any of the tracks from this? Because a lot of – there's a motif in this that's very iconic. It just – it's, you know, it's it's throughout the entire movie. I mean, have you heard – or have you heard any of it or have you not heard it at all? 
Uh, yeah, yes and no. That probably one of the more exciting aspects of seeing this movie is because I love John Williams so much, and uh, you know that that man makes every movie what he puts his touch on. So I've heard the the main theme or the climax because uh, I've you know I I remember watching years ago when AFI did a tribute um, mm-hmm. to John Williams. Okay. And, you know, they had the, you know, da-na, um, you know, the, the crescendo, and I'm terrible with the tune, so I apologize there. But, <laughs> it's uh, right. The hair's right. Yeah, yeah, raising on my arm, Josh. Yeah. yeah. You haven't so, seen it, so it's okay. Yeah. yeah and and for, for the most part, with John Williams, and there's probably not a day that goes by. I, I don't hum like one Something. theme or another, or, you know. Yeah. Well, make you sure know, you put your coat on. You'll be howling at the moon later on. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, I've, and I'm thinking now, like, however many years ago it was you know the spoof of you know people going it's jurassic it's jurassic park yeah, uh, yeah. So you'll, you'll be doing that with et later yeah, yeah. yeah. so yeah i, th- I think that's... don't say schindler's list with it oh yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but uh, no I'm, I'm you know i've, I've avoided like, whatever movies i haven't seen spielberg or you know i haven't really listened to uh um, John Williams uh, in depth there, so that's good. I try to do the same myself. I know sometimes yeah. with movies that like I I are anticipating that are coming out, and I know it's like a good composer or something. I'll be like, I kind of just want to hear just a little bit of it before it comes out. Um, and I do find myself doing that sometimes. I usually beat myself up later because I, I it's such a surprise and nice to see those tracks go against the the beats and the moments of a movie. And yeah, I I will say, Josh, if you hate the rest of this movie i don't think you're gonna hate this score at all it's it's a hundred percent pure unadulterated john williams i mean yeah it's 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 perfect <laughs> yeah i you know i i really don't think i'm hate I, I never really hate anything i watch um i try to you know keep my mind as fresh as possible and even when you know like I, i've seen movies with people that people have had like you know very strong opinions against i you know i'm always like you know, I, I can see what they're trying. Uh, so, you know, I'll try to be critical as I can, but you know, I uh, I don't think there's anything I'm I'm gonna dislike. Uh, just just knowing about it, and obviously, I don't want to uh, um, trash your childhoods. Yeah, I was gonna say to to that point. <laughs> I, I mean, we've talked about this a little bit. I know we talked about it with Jaws. Bridget and Johnny, how will you feel if Josh hates it? Do you think that? there's anything that could be pointed out that would ruin this for you or will it just ruin your friendship with Josh? <laughs> it will just ruin, it will my, ruin friendship my friendship with, with Josh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, no there's, I... <laughs> there's nothing like you, you like, you can't do anything. You can't do anything. And granted, like the man I'm marrying can't even be in the same house <laughs> with me. Like when this movie is on. So Josh will be fine no matter what you feel. Um, but yeah, just I don't think that you are going to have any really strong negative feelings. I think you'll probably have some really interesting perspective seeing this movie for the first time as an adult. Yeah, yeah. I mean, nothing could change it. I mean, something crazy scandals could come out about the production of it. Like someone could come out saying something or whatever. And I would still probably have to like bite my lip and be like, the movie's still really fucking good, though. Like, <laughs> I guess I, perspective. I, but nothing would change my my opinion about this movie josh i think you're gonna love it if you don't yeah. uh we'll hang out sometime soon <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
yeah, no, I uh, I definitely think you are going to to come away liking this, Josh, knowing your film taste and things like that. But uh, we won't keep you from it then. So, Josh, what do you have to say for yourself? Fine. I'll watch it. All right. We are back. We have just finished watching uh, the movie E.T., the extraterrestrial from 1982. This is Steven Spielberg's film. Josh, you are our guest this week. You are on the hot seat for this movie. You have now seen it for the very first time. How are you feeling? Uh, yeah, pretty good. Okay. Pretty good. Um, I said some hesitation in your voice. Is that because you're still trying to process this or... Uh, are you not sure about it? What? Uh... Yeah, I think I, I, I'm still processing it. It's definitely, um, I would say, gut reaction. Um, I enjoyed it. Okay. Um, but as I was watching it, I wish I was a kid uh, seeing this for the first time. Because uh, a lot of it, I'm, I don't know, I was thinking like through the lens of how old I am and if I was the mother. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. Questionable decisions a couple of times, but yeah. Um, I will say, you know, it's um, it definitely reeks of early Spielberg, more of an auteur approach, and uh, I don't know. I thought I thought it starts it starts very slow, and initially, like the first half hour, I had trouble getting into it. I did I did appreciate the fact that the first like ten minutes, there's like absolutely no dialogue. Right. And uh, but like. You know, as it builds, you know, with your meeting ET, the kids meeting ET, I thought um, it definitely sucked me in. And by the end, I uh, I got those goosebumps um, <laughs> by the end. So uh, overall, I, you know, I think it's definitely a, I have to rewatch it, but I did enjoy it. I think it kind of <laughs> yeah, looked like Bridget was kind of waiting. Smell test, like. <laughs> we'll see you next week for it. Yeah. <laughs> So we'll be doing this again next week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Talk to me. Just, just, just kind of walk me through your your beginning thoughts. I mean, it's it's it starts fairly early. It's not a you know. There's no uh, indication that we are seated in for a kids movie, by no means. Um, so kind of walk me through your thoughts with that with that in the beginning of that. Yeah, I mean, just the you know the opening shot. I you know I jotted down like the how it's the camera's panning up into space and on how it just glides down it either like it for whatever reason i i was i thought of return of the jedi uh oh like shot. endor and yeah. yeah. all the all the trees all like the very the endor. lines yeah um, and i don't know this was released a year before return of the jedi so you know maybe there's some more of that spielberg lucas they're talking to each other kind of thing but the force works. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but that the thing that really uh, stuck out with me um, is like the, the camera itself and how the camera is very low to the ground at E.T.'s, you know, sort of vantage point right. and always looking up. And I don't know, like for me personally, if I'm analyzing that aspect of it, I'm a kid and the camera is like I'm viewing my lens like that's my lens. Um, yeah. And then a as the movie progresses and, you know, I, I, there's that shot of him like going out towards the, you know, the cliffside overlooking the valley um, where then he, you know, 
we eventually get to our protagonist. I think, uh, I don't know. It definitely, uh, yeah, but eerie, I mean, is not, I... eerie is not the word I would use. Um, what's, what's the word? I'm sorry. I, I mean, over talk to you. What do you say? No, like, uh, you, you said it was like a very eerie, um, I, know, right. I found it to be a very calming and okay. it's you know, interesting. So, that so someone being left behind is a calming, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yes and no, <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know, like I, I, I'm still processing it, so a lot of like, you know, my my emotions on it are it's very raw. But you know, there's definitely that part where you know he's running and he's like, uh, um, terrifying, yeah, little yeah. boys. Yeah. yeah, the more I'm thinking and as I'm processing the, you know, I understand like the slow beginning and how it it's a nice like slow candle burn. Yeah, it's a very deliberate pace. In yeah, that regard. Yeah. And it gives yeah. you time it, to it, like to buy in, because, mm-hmm. you know, as, as you were saying, like it took you a little bit to kind of get hooked. But I think it does that almost deliberately, because if it threw you into this alien first off, you know, right from the get go, I think it'd probably be a little too like in your face. Too to hammy. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Where you'd be like, OK, wait, what is this? Hold on. Who is this? Am I supposed to know who this is? Where am I coming from with this? So I think yeah. that that's that it's good that it kind of gives you that chance to breathe a little bit. Mm hmm. Yeah, because it, it's not really, it's not like an adventure movie, which I think if you were to just look at the poster and sort of like the the part of the film that has sort of permeated the culture of like, the bike's flying on the moon mm-hmm. and there's an alien, you might go like, oh, like sci-fi, adventure, and it is really, most of the drama is contained to this house and within this family, and that's what's really propelling it forward. So it does take a little bit to get into. Maybe, probably, if you're seeing it for the first time. But for me, it's like, oh, I'm going home. I'm seeing my friends. <laughs> seeing Michael. Seeing Gertie. Seeing Elliot. Uh, back at the Pizza Hut table. <laughs> <laughs> I that's that that's one thing that really stuck out to me is like, I I like that that kitchen table with the with the bench. Um, Dude. Yeah. We will. Well. Well. I I have plenty of notes on the house because <laughs> I love every inch of it. Um, but yeah. yeah, just, just the, like what you're saying, like the bench, like that whole little breakfast nook, mm-hmm. um, they're all playing board games. It's, 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 it's completely hazy and smoky for almost no reason whatsoever. Yeah. And yeah, it's just, I, it's, it's just a, a very comforting and we'll get to it later on, but a very comforting sort of ambient sort of like, I, I don't know, Bridget, maybe you can chime in on this. It's just like, it, it feels good. It does. It feels it gives you a sense of like home and lived in, like it does not feel like a set at all. Right. I mean, even and down even... to what I wrote down was that there are uh, scratch marks on the wooden floors when, when he's placing Reese's pieces. Yeah. And I'm like, that's because a dog has been living in that house. Yeah. I was like, that's a cool little detail. I mean, I maybe they just went into a house and shot there, but with the dog that lived there, but if they didn't, they are the, uh, the art production department went through the, the task of, carving up a wood floor to make sure that a dog lived there. Yeah. It's going well, there with like a paw shaped scratcher. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> and I like to, when you get dropped in to the sort of the, the universe of the house, it's like, it's the older kids at the table and, you know, they're playing Dungeons and Dragons and it just, it feels very natural. There's no kind of like, you know, sometimes in movies like this, it feels like the kids are like, I'm 
I'm the sassy kid and I'm the, you know what I mean? Like yeah. everyone feels very lived in and natural and organic. Like everything. It, that's it, it feels like that night has happened a hundred times before. Yeah. You know what I mean? It feels like that was like a regular Friday night. The kids would go over to the house with the parent, like one, one less parent to yell at you about something. Mm-hmm. Um, and yep. they are enjoying and imbibing the experience of being there without, I mean, they're all grabbing knives to go after this fucking thing. Earlier <laughs> I know. Um, so it's, there's a, there's the, they know there's some liberties that can be taken at maybe at this household that maybe their own household doesn't provide. Yeah. And there's, you know, cause I saw this movie so young, a lot of like my young understanding of like what it would be like to be an older kid and like a teenage kid was like really influenced by this movie. Like to the point that like, like I thought those kids were like so cool. Like I couldn't wait to like grow up and like hang out with Greg. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it's taken until like I'm an adult now to be like, they're playing Dungeons and Dragons. Is Greg the one with the headphones? Yes, he is. Um, he's <laughs> he's the, the one man. that always stands out to me. Yeah. You know, they're just like very just regular kids. But in my mind, when I was like Gertie's age, I was like, these are the coolest people ever. I right. can't wait to be them and ride bikes and so, wear a ski mask. So Josh, all we're, over town. we're arriving at maybe some of the, the other characters in the movie. What, what, what do you think of the, uh, the actors, the characters, at least in the first third of the movie? The, you know, when, you know, the, when the kids are in, like introduced at their kitchen table scene, and, you know, I instantly thought of stranger things. Um, mm-hmm. you know, first episode, they're in the basement and, uh, you know, playing and, um, I wasn't instantly as drawn to those characters, maybe like how you're saying, Bridget. And I think mm-hmm. that I, I think a lot of my reaction going forward is going to be, you know, I feel like as a 33 year old male watching <laughs> this for the first time, it really like there's definitely a difference. But yeah, I, I thought, you know, it's like, wow, yeah, these kids are uh, they're shitheads. So, uh, <laughs> um, you know, they're I, I imagine eighth, ninth grade, maybe. Um I think older. Middle school. Yeah, I'd probably say 15, 16. Yeah, because right. Michael is like trying to get his license, like backing out the car. That's he's like, yeah, he's, he's like, he's like, he's like 15 or something like that. Yeah. 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 I've never uh, driven forward, forward before. before. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But no, I, Gertie stood out to me instantly. Mm-hmm. And I, I forgot that Drew Barrymore, that's, you know, mm-hmm. that was she's her, adorable. Like, she's a, so adorable yeah. this entire mm-hmm, thing. Yeah. That's great. Um, and as I'm watching, like, you know, you know, all, all I'm picturing is like, hi, I'm Drew Barrymore. You know, just like, just, um, that's a terrible impersonation, but <laughs> I'm just, I, I, you know, I'm just seeing her in like almost every other role I've seen. Yeah. You but, think of adult Drew Barrymore in that like inflection that she has. And yeah. That, yeah. yeah. It's, it's kind of hard mean, to I mean, I'll, I'll go as far as say this is probably her best performance. And it all <laughs> went downhill from there. Yeah. How dare you? <laughs> I'm sorry, you want to... Uh... She's glorious in The Wedding Singer. <laughs> okay, then, okay, fair enough. I was thinking of, like, the, the mother there as well. You know, how uh, how she seems almost very emotionally distant. Mm-hmm. Well, know, I mean, her a... husband just left and went off to Mexico, which, yeah. by the way, absolutely yeah. brutal reveal. <laughs> oh, that yeah. scene at the dinner table yeah. is, like, it's so perfect. The way that the sort of divorce narrative is layered in through this movie is I think done so well. It's the antithesis of what is done in the Santa Claus of like 
This, this, was, this was a conversation that I was anticipating because I know you had a huge problem with the characterization and of how things went with the mm-hmm. Santa Claus. Yeah. like, uh, And then even like further discussions of uh, Doubtfire and some other things. But I wanted to hear your take on how they perceived to be like, you know, a realistic version of a uh, divorced family or recently split family. Well, because it doesn't, you know, and it's not going to be the be all and end all, right? Of course you're, not. You're yeah, seeing yeah. The, the family at the sliver, but like that sort of point you see where like Elliot just offhandedly reveals, oh, my father, like, oh, because she is trying to connect and like be supportive of like, I know you believe you saw this thing. Maybe you should talk to your father about it. Like she's doing the kind of she's trying to do the right thing. And he just is like casually like, well, I can't call him because he's in Mexico. And that really, the way that you can be a shithead as a kid and not realize how hurtful you can be. And then the gravity as it settles in, like everybody, Michael notices it immediately, the Mm -hmm. older brother. Gertie doesn't quite know what's going on. And Elliot doesn't really acknowledge it, but you can tell he kind of knows he's stepped in it. And like, that's a thing you feel as a kid being in that situation of like there's this whole drama and pain that my parent is having that like I am not totally equipped to deal with and like seeing your parent in pain is a weird kind of right. thing to cope with that's how you like know, Michael she, like like Michael perceive like he sees the pain like or that earlier scene where he makes yeah. an off color remark about the whole thing yeah. And he's like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, like this is not how yeah. oh, when he like, like leans, behaving in this moment. Yeah, he leans across the table like, I want to kill you. <laughs> and he's actually like, and Michael has placed himself next to mom, too. And he's very much like, I have to like be in this role. I have to sit in this yeah, place, I have kind to, of. He knows it, not so much a father figure, but so much of a, uh, like a, like a tag team partner and trying to wrangle these kids into uh, understanding what's going on. But yeah. And, you know, and just, like, when she goes and, like, she's trying to do the right thing and even, like, she walks, like, the shot so she's, like, in the shadows and then so you don't see she's, like, been crying in the sink about the Mexico thing, like, is uh, so, yeah. like... And now that they've been like Mexico. <laughs> he, yeah. yeah. He hates Mexico. Yeah. The lighting is so good. And we'll talk later on, but the lighting is so good in this movie. Like, the way they shoot everything and the shadows and keep people in the darkness and... I mean, half of the, I mean, I want to jump too far, but like even with like E.T. and Elliot, Elliot's shown uh, around the room, it's all like in shadow. It's like, it's like you don't even really get to really see what is happening, but it just, yeah, the, this house, I, I, I want the house. I want to live in the house. Yeah. Um, oh, Elliot's room is so cool. The dude, bunk fuck, beds. Fuck the, room. the closet is, is yeah. amazing. Yeah. Like just stuffed animals everywhere where you can just chill out and it has this beautiful stained glass window. It just, uh, it like, I know Ludicrous. we talked about, I know we talked about, you know, the warm blanket over you, like that feeling like this whole movie is a duck down comforter, like weighted, like, like. <laughs> over me the entire time like that's the blanket the mom brings when he's sick like yeah it's just... exactly yeah <laughs> with the heating pad underneath with the heating pad like so, all so of you that can really it's, fake the fever it's so therapeutic i love it yeah. um, did any of you ever do that by the way like try yeah. to fake a fever i've did tried to warm up with the mom yeah. before yeah it's, yeah it's fairly easy <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I, know. I, I used to run a thermometer under you know a hot faucet 
and then uh, I would uh, steal a can of uh, cream of chicken soup <laughs> and pour it into the toilet. And be like, oh, I puked. Wow, you really would above the You went to like the second act of like, I'm fucking sick. Like, you eat disgusting shit. I was about to write that down. Like, I'm going to do that in the future. And then I realized, like, I'm the adult in my home. Yeah. I'm the person who decides if I stay homesick. Yeah. I was was a pro as a kid uh, staying home from school. Josh, so uh, I know we jumped a little bit ahead. I want to take a couple steps back. So as far as in, in what I really enjoyed about this movie is the sort of the opening of like the backyard and Elliot sort of discovering what's happening in the shed and the lighting and that whole kind of sequence is so amazing in my eyes. It's so, uh, you know, mature and patient. Like I wanted to sort of hear what you had to say as far as sort of figuring out what this is what et looks like you know like the the uh the slow reveal of him what what do you what do you got on that i think it's really cool you know the like adam you were saying the the deliberate pacing Mm -hmm. um the fact that you know you don't really get a clear look you you know you see silhouettes of him either like through the brush and then you know, when he's finally like in the shed and they're like back in there and like he falls back and he's like, ah, and he's like, ah, uh, <laughs> I, you know, I, I thought that, you know, I thought that was, you know, really funny. Um, and then eventually, you know, runs in and we're like, you know, and, you know, the kids are like, well, grab the knife. And it's like, <laughs> like mother's like, well, 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 well. Um, but I, I, th- I thought it was, you know, it's, I, I definitely got more like the comical side of it. And yeah. I, it's 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 a little bit funny to me as, as okay so yeah you are josh in, in, a, in a lot of rights you're gonna have to sort of i mean i mean not you sort of but well, like your viewpoint of this as how old you are and not seeing it in a lens that maybe me and bridget or even adam saw younger um the first third of this movie is harrowing to a child like like it's yeah. it's like if you make it through the, the third act, you will be re- rewarded as, as I was and Bridget was. And, but yeah, that third act, I mean, you need like your grandmother or your mom or someone nearby sitting next to you and watching this with you. Yeah. I, it's, you know, I, I, I didn't see any like the trailers for this, but I got to imagine like some parents like showing up, like taking their kids to see this in like 1982 and they're going like, whoa this isn't really a kid's movie um or just that's you know how i mean it definitely plays on there's that there's that line um and i imagine this film was pg i'm not sure though yeah it's, think, we've it's, been over this i think 13 though wasn't introduced till temple yeah. of doom which is like yeah. 85 or 6 or i don't yeah. know something around there but yeah so it's, it's pg it's pg um yeah do you because as we know, there are some people who have very strong feelings about this, but do you do you think E.T. is scary, Josh and everyone no. on the floor? No. no. The. I think if you just look at, you know, when you get the first look at him, he, I mean, he, he just looks silly. You know, or just like, <laughs> he's got like the, the drooping shoulders and the head and you know, then also like, you know, how nasally. Yeah, he very squished, big um, eyes. Yeah. He's like a he's like a, a refugee from like Eastern Europe or whatever. He just, yeah. just come on over, just <laughs> yeah. And I, if I you know six or seven, 
Yeah, I, I'd probably be absolutely terrified at seeing that. And, and you know, kudos to the, I got to imagine it was like ILM or yeah, ILM did guys, it. But, um, yeah, they had it was a combination of robotics. They had someone in a suit, and <laughs> they also had someone. Spielberg didn't was was not crazy about the hand movements of the uh, the electronics or whatever. So they actually had he hired like a mime or someone who's very elegant with hands and arms to do all of the above the desk or above you know sort of like at a shot arm uh, actions. Yeah, it, it it is goofy. I I will say it was when I first saw like the full body is not terrifying to me as a kid. It was all the in the shadows, in the yeah. dark, sort of like not seeing what I'm seeing. I'm seeing a yeah. baseball thrown back at Elliot, and I'm like, I'm I'm fucking out of here. Like, with this <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm out of here. Yeah. Um, in the abstract, he's terrifying. The shot I always think of is when Elliot first goes to the woods and he's he's throwing the Reese's pieces around, and you know he sees. Uh, Peter Coyote off in the distance, so he right. bikes away, and the the camera kind of pans, and you hear ET like, yeah. and you hear, you see his little finger like graze, yeah, yeah. like the tree, the tree trunk. trunk. Yeah. That shit wigged me out. Oh no, shit! So that shot wigged you out. Okay, yeah, it that, does have like, a, it has an alien vibe. That particular scene, like it, it does, very yeah, very much feels like the tentacles on the face hugger kind of like coming you know out of the corner or whatever mm-hmm. yeah but yeah so josh just a little trivia on that part so and i don't know if you read about this uh they approached m&ms for this and they turned it down and so they went to reese's whoever you know manufactured reese's and they're like uh, will you do it and they're like yeah and their fucking numbers skyrocketed for the next like five or seven years yeah and, like it was a huge misstep on fucking m&m's part yeah and mars <laughs> the the company that makes m&ms like specifically turned them down was like he is too scary you will frighten children away from m&ms for years like we don't want to be associated with that mess so someone with brian's sensibilities someone with brian's sensibilities yeah was in charge at the time (laughs) i mean i I could definitely see being scared yeah right i could definitely see being scared of like the initial reveals and stuff like that. But by the time you're seeing E.T. in like wrapped up in blankets and wearing like the disguise that Gertie creates for him at that point, oh, yeah. there's like, there's nothing scary anymore. Yeah. It's just a weird little creature man thing. Right. And, that, and, that, and that's out. the whole, that's the whole part. You're supposed to warm up to him pretty much as yeah. soon as possible. That's like the whole thing. Like, he will scare you, you know, put you on edge and then realize this guy is, he's nothing. This guy wouldn't hurt a fly. You know what I mean? Or her. We don't really, yeah. No. Oh, I love that. Like, is he a boy or a girl? Where are his clothes? <laughs> like, yeah. just she's so... adorable the, the, yeah, through that entire thing. But that's the sort of question. Like, if you like were, if you like placed an alien in front of a kid and like that age, and like once they got over the initial shock, that's the kind of questions they ask. Like, where's oh, his yeah. hair? I don't boy like his girl? feet. <laughs> yeah, I don't like its feet. Like, it just feels so natural. Um, right. And There's... they did a great job, like finding the kid actors, like Michael Elliott. Yeah, and, I, if and you Gertie. if you have a second, it's worth watching the uh, the audition for uh, Elliot, the kid. Yeah, uh, Henry Thomas. Henry Thomas, because they were literally, I think, like four weeks away from shooting, and he still didn't have uh, 
is Elliot. And they found this kid and he came in for one audition and he fucking annihilated it. Like I've seen some other like audition videos before, but this kid kills it. Yeah. He, yeah, he was a somewhat last minute replacement. They had found Elliot. And so what they wanted to do was have all of the kids. So like the siblings plus the older friends of Michael. And so they made them all go to Melissa Matheson's house. Who's the sort of writer of this film. And she, like had them all play a board game and apparently the original Elliot like was watching an interview with the the casting director for this film and she was like within 10 minutes like the way he was playing the game he was such a shit we knew we couldn't (laughs) cast him like the vibe like she was like this kid had bad bad vibes and we had to like jettison him because we knew like that sort of if you didn't have that good energy it wasn't going to work um, because Spielberg was very reliant too on sort of some more natural improvisation from them, like to the point that he didn't storyboard the film because he wanted to give everyone room to kind of have these more natural interactions. Yeah, yeah. Like when Michael first sees ET and he like backs up and he knocks the the shelves the off over, the wall. Yeah. That was like not intentional like he was actually just so like holy shit <laughs> so shocked. he yeah, fell I, back I, and like as a smart director i would have were you know concealed the identity of something like that until they absolutely wanted to do it and now i i'm sure that was a genuine uh yeah a genuine reaction to it especially uh, the kids too like it'd be one thing if there was adults like maybe the mom before she saw it for the first time might have seen it but the kids like you absolutely need to get that and i don't know that even the best kid actor could reasonably convey the same kind of both terror and skepticism and just like even the pause he makes when he's just like uh, 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 <laughs> I don't know, before falling back once yeah. all the screaming happens i, I, I also yeah i love sorry, the moment ahead, where he comes in and says like when he comes back from school the michael the older brother and he walks in and et's like in the wig he's just like what's all this shit and then he start <laughs> et starts talking he's like Oh my fucking god! Like it <laughs> he just... talks now. Yeah, he's um... a boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, the the definitely the you know whoever the casting director was you know knocked it out of the park with uh, with Elliot and of course finding Drew Barrymore to play Gertie. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think you know it's funny what you mentioned about the fact that you know he's almost like a naked alien mm-hmm. and. You know, the first time you see him, like, you know, I, I, was, I was thinking, like, the reaction of that would, as a kid, be like, whoa, is, you know, this kid's, is, is this a reptile? Or, because I know, like, one of the kids referenced, or no, I think it was Michael at one point, it was like, uh, no, are you sure you didn't see it's just like a giant iguana or something like yeah. that? It's a hairless maybe orangutan. An, <laughs> yeah, maybe an so, elf uh, or a leprechaun. When like when E.T. first shows up to the house and he's coaxing them with he's coaxing him with the the Reese's Pieces and he brings him into his bedroom and he starts knocking like everything over like that was when like I brought like like my cat home for the first time <laughs> it was just you know like hey here you go this this is this this is that and, oh don't knock that over <laughs> da 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 and all of a sudden it's like it's chaos but I enjoyed the uh, subsequent sequences where. You are seeing uh, all three of the kids teaching him, like, what do you, where did, where are you from? 
Like they start with the map, then they start with the globe, then they start with like a big, uh, I don't know, like, like a, a map of the map. universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A solar book. system. Um, and then he's sort of like pointing outside, and it's um, yeah. I mean, they, they get it. Like they they don't they don't try to pander to the fact that maybe kids wouldn't understand that this thing is not from a other place, and they're smart enough to pick up that like we this guy is not from here at all. <laughs> Yeah, it it walks a really good line of like making you like unsettled too by the sort of even though you as the viewer know, like you have that like moment of like as they all kind of realize like, oh my god, like we, this is way kind of above us, like and you like feel it too like just the way the score changes too and like and then Elliot realizes that the government is outside in the yard too like sort of all the ramifications get like yeah he, much more he, real. he picks up on it real quick that E.T. is something that he needs to hide and is like if he like maybe like a younger kid would have been like hey I have this thing in my closet like he's just that age enough where he realizes that there are ramifications of exposing E.T. to the public. I mean, he and, mentions it pretty much almost immediately before he even, like, brings him in. It doesn't yeah. he be like, we can't leave at him the outside, dinner. like, they'll get him. Yeah. The, the, at the dinner table, the, like, someone says, like, call, like, the dog catcher, and he's like, they'll just do experiments on him or something like give him a lobotomy. Yeah, he only like, has like sympathy for in some sort of way. I, I thought even just kind of watching it right now, I realized that maybe that was a little too hard or strong as far as like, I'm already feeling bad for him. Like we're talking about like a coyote, essentially, maybe mm-hmm. something that's very terrifying to you. And you're already having some sort of sympathetic for it. Like I, I only can only attribute it to the fact that later on you understand that, they have a mutual feeling feelings that they uh, transcend. But um, I thought that in the beginning that was like, how is he already feeling bad for, you know, E.T.? It's just a compassionate, caring uh, young man. Yeah. <laughs> he is, yes. I had completely forgotten in terms of, you know, speaking of their connection, I had completely forgotten the Elliot gets drunk in school scene uh, oh. where, he, where he frees all the frogs. <laughs> yeah. That one was, yeah. you know, I... Yeah, I remember things like the, you know, the first walk out to the shed with the pizza, the Reese's Pieces. Like, I remember all that stuff. I completely forgot little boy gets drunk, freeze frogs, makes out with schoolgirl crush. Yeah. <laughs> While standing yeah. atop a, a, a younger boy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, I, I personally, that, uh, that was a, a highlight of the film when he's, you know, on his own and then he opens up and he's like, you know, he sees what the potato salad. Um, yeah. You know, the dog's there and he throws on the ground the dog. And by the way, that's a very, uh, what an adorable dog. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, uh, but <laughs> yeah, and then you see like the cores, the banquet beer, and mm-hmm. I'm like, here we go. All right. Yeah. You know, also, th- cheers to D. Williams for drinking cores heavy. <laughs> yeah. She's going no, yeah, a yeah. The banquet beer. And he crushes like six of them and then he makes that. Bitching ass communication system. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, I thought. I thought you know at that point you know they established the connection mm-hmm. that they have between like all of a sudden like, like you know you see him just like in the chair and he's just like oh and 
And he's like shouting out and the teacher's like, Oh, what are you doing? Um, and then, you know, the, the girl, so she was credited as pretty girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, th- I thought that that whole thing, you know, it's just like, you know, like I forget what ET says, like, like save them or free them. And just the, the casual, like the teacher going like, all right, I'm going to drop in chloroform and just wait a few minutes so, for the effects so of them all up. die. <laughs> you don't Josh have to Blitz. look if you don't want to. Yeah. yeah. Just murder yeah. these frogs. Yeah. Yeah. Josh, what, what, what did you think about like the, uh, the introduction or sort of the feeling throughout the movie that it's all from the waist down, like adult, adult wise, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's a kid's perspective. You don't see an adult face minus the mother. Yeah. Until, like the second, the, the third act. Like, it definitely, you know, certainly uh, stood out, you know, how, you know, so how I mentioned, like, at the beginning of the film where the camera's just, like, panning up. Uh, so you're, it's definitely, like, you're, the POV is, you know, through this, you know, a child's eyes. So I think I think overall, like, as the guts Spielberg had, you know, to allow the audience to, you know, figure it out for themselves as opposed to any other sort of, you know, I don't want to say like coming of age story, but we're, you know, it's not that Disney-fied. It's like, all right, we're going to spell it out for you one by one and, you know, spoon feed you. And especially as the movie continues going on, like I can definitely feel the power changes and, you know, the gravity of it all. So, uh, I don't know, it's the, the more we were having this discussion, the, the more I'm, I'm liking this film. <laughs> Yeah, I love when when uh, uh, when ET's first uh, building everything, and Michael kind of walks in and he goes, he blow up the whole house with this thing. <laughs> I love that. There, um, yeah, I, I love lo- how worried Michael is throughout the movie. Yeah, like, he's a, he's, he's got a the... great. Yeah, somewhere between like an adult and like a child, like he lands perfectly with the sort of questions you would come up with 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 all the sort of shit that's going on. Like he has the line, like as they're walking down the driveway, he's like, "Hope you just don't wake up on Mars." And then you see him like <laughs> on the bus. Like one of my favorite shots in the film, like of just of the kids. There's a big paper fight, and it's all fun and screaming, and he's just sitting there looking so worried and concerned, like right now. He's like, yard I, I, like I, my, my brother just introduced me to something I've never seen before. It's in my closet at home, yeah. and I'm on and a now, school bus, and everyone. I gotta just, go to like, fucking algebra too. Yeah. Right, right. This sucks. I, lo- I love, I love the little doodle that Elliot's doing in school. Yeah. Of oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he's it's seen really him nice. for all of twelve hours, and he's like, "No, I can sketch this shit perfectly. Just watch." Yeah, I, I, I love that whole sequence where again he's, you know, uh, ET is getting a little drunk. He's getting a little drunk. Um, that whole like, you know, him not liking the potato salad is fucking great. Um, mm-hmm. That whole little sequence is 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 great, and then obviously Crescendo's to the. Uh, it seems like he's at school like all day, and then like he's like completely obliterated by the frog sequence, and <laughs> yeah. you know, kisses the girl. Um, which I I remember from the behind the scenes that he did not want to do that at all. Like he was so against like kissing a girl like at that age. Um. And that was the hardest thing for uh, Henry Thomas in the shoot. Mm. Yeah. Working with an alien, easy. Kissing <laughs> yeah. a girl, though. Kissing a girl, very hard, mm-hmm. very hard. Well, I mean, he's used to hanging out with aliens all day. He's got all the Star Wars figures in there. 
You know, yeah. he's he's got oh, walrus man. head. I loved all yeah. that. head. Uh, yeah, was, yeah. yeah. And I think he uh, he showed he showed George Glu- uh, Lucas this because obviously ILM had some uh, some stuff to do with this. And um, he's like, I have a uh, surprise for you. Um, and it wasn't the, you know, the uh, action figures or, um, you know, um, you have you have the power. You know what I mean? The whole the whole uh, sequence there. It was when Yoda showed up like later on and in the whole <laughs> sequence. And he's like, Such, home, home, home. Such um, a good Yoda costume. It's that great, kid wins but, Halloween. <laughs> yeah. But, it, but, but even back then, uh, Star Wars property was so coveted that like, like even that was something like even being a best friend with someone that was, hey, can we keep us in, in the movie? Because Lucas could have easily said, uh, no, you got to cut that out. So I'm glad some of that stuff stuck in. Well, it feels so in line with their characters, too, because they're all just big nerds, you know, sitting around right, and right. playing yeah. D&D. Like, of course, they would be fans of Star Wars. Like, of course. Yeah. And they're kids in 1982. Like, obviously, like, that's just going to be like, it's just you're soaked in it. Yeah. Yeah. And another thing, too, is that I don't know if you know this, but originally Harrison Ford was in this movie. <laughs> Who was was he the like the guy at the end? So no, he was actually no. the uh, the principal where Elliot gets dragged away by his oh. chemistry teacher, and he mm-hmm. goes to the principal's office, and Harrison Ford is there. It's shot in the same way you would think, no face. It's sort of over the shoulders or or what have you. But there's a whole sequence which you can actually watch on YouTube, and I'm glad it's not there. It doesn't really yeah, make too much sense to be there. It's not good. It's not good. <laughs> um. But yeah, there's a whole sequence where because Harrison Ford's wife at the time was Melissa Matheson, I believe, yeah. who's the they writer were, of D. Yeah, oh, no they, they weren't married at that point, but they were dating. And the other thing right. that I think is really cute is like Henry Thomas loved Harrison Ford. Like he's like, that's my favorite actor. Like if I work with Steven Spielberg, maybe I'll get to meet Harrison Ford. And they basically like wrote in the scene just so like henry thomas like would have an excuse to like work with harrison ford oh that's cute think, right um yeah but the scene did not need to be there and it was a, <laughs> a wise choice to cut it out johnny you had said at the beginning like there's not a lot of fat on this movie um and there was a lot of stuff that was cut um and then controversially 20 years later added back in are you familiar with any of that at all I only know that when uh, Spielberg first received the script, which he was working with uh, Melissa Matheson during Raiders, mm-hmm. that uh, the idea was conceived kind of during that. And he was kind of not only working on Raiders, but he was also coinciding working on this and that she had delivered, you know, a, basically a perfect 100, you know, five, seven page script. Um, and he shopped it around. He shopped it at Columbia, and then Universal took it. Um, but I think the big thing was all the way through it was the how what this alien should look like. You know what I mean? Because it's it's should should originally this movie was supposed to be um, a movie called Night Skies, which was a more of a War of the Worlds terrifying type of movie where aliens visit a kids interact with them and it's the it's a lot more violent um it eventually segued into a script called a boy's life 
um, then E.T. and me, and then finally E.T. It kind of went through a bunch of sort of drafts to bring it down to more of a, uh, a kid's level, um, much more quieter movie than more of the uh, bombastic uh, nature that I think uh, Night Sky was uh, providing. Yeah, Night Sky was definitely supposed to be much, much more scary. Um, but there were a couple scenes, too, that, like, they wanted to shoot this scene with, like, E.T. in the bathtub and, like, doing, like, stuff that just they were not capable of doing in 1982 when they made this. So for the 20-year anniversary, somewhat influenced by what Lucas had done with the Star Wars trilogy, like, Spielberg went back and redid some of the scenes, like, added like scenes with cgi et like kind of buffed some stuff out like smoothed it out yeah there's controversially uh, edited out the guns out of the last sequence yeah there's a couple of versions of this movie i know the one there's a couple in circulation there's one with the without the guns one with the guns but there was one originally where they sort of did a Star Wars, like a revisiting, if you will, and they changed out sequences where there were practical effects and they yeah. brought in com- computer animation that didn't work whatsoever. And it was it was briefly just sort of, you know, saw uh, everyone saw it and then everyone's like, this is trash. Like, this is not the vision whatsoever. So, yeah. Um, and S- Spielberg has like walked it back and been like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Right, I got excited. Right, right. Um, I mean, he has, I think he has some resentments for some of the shots in the movie, which I don't personally see. I mean, they're, it is what it is. I mean, I mean, sometimes it, it looks as beautiful and uh, realistic as ever. And sometimes it's a little person in a suit. You know what I mean? It's just, mm-hmm. <laughs> you sort of buy into that. Yeah. I mean, a, a lot of it to me, it definitely, it fits in that Spielberg, almost Lucas environment i'm kind of surprised that george himself wasn't involved um at least uh, to a creative extent and who knows maybe he would like just i'm not sure of uh a lot of the back you know behind the scenes details but uh i'm sure there were probably phone calls you know i'd have to assume there'd be at least some kind of even just you know dinner party conversation of like hey you know hey i'm writing us a movie about aliens again (laughs) you know (laughs) Just doing, yeah. doing his own thing. Just, just, yeah, just voice chat, you know. Yeah. yeah. Just you know Steven what Spielberg, like, twirling yeah. his finger in, like, a rotary <laughs> phone cord. Like, what are you doing? What's no, you happening? hang up, George. No, you yeah. hang up. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I love, too, is that when uh, E.T. first uh, leaves the house, that, like, the only introduction that he has to, like, outside beings, outside of the mom, potentially... And other people in the house is that he's seeing everyone like in mass because it's all Halloween going on. Yeah, I love true. that because it's like he could it, it could have been any other day and it would have been like, OK, this is what everyone looks like. But now it's like everyone looks like fucking freaks. <laughs> well, I wonder, too, like, do you assume like do we we don't know how old E.T. is, correct? Is that's never established? No, I, I, I don't think there's any sort of uh, designation of uh, of year. But yeah. But I mean, there's a good chance that he's like been to a spaceport before and seen creatures of all manner. 
you know, <laughs> just like like that probably wouldn't seem out of the ordinary to him necessarily because he's probably he could be used to going to these places where you see species from all around the galaxy and he's seeing you know, goblins and he's seeing, you know, all these different manner of creatures and Halloween masks and stuff. Yeah, that he's was been probably, yeah. You know, he's been on Coruscant. He's, you know, his species is in yeah. uh, revenge. They're of the in Sith. the Senate. Yeah. So I think that's why he was so excited to see Yoda. Cause he's probably like, Oh, I remember this dude. <laughs> he did a bunch of flips and stuff. That was real cool. Yeah. That's right. I, I, I forgot they, uh, in the prequel trilogy, they show, uh, you know, the, uh, is it is it in Phantom Menace? It's in or just Phantom, Menace. Phantom, oh, Phantom Menace. You just you just see like the. You see him in the Senate during the vote of no confidence. They're like, oh! yeah. They're waving their little arms around. Yeah. So as we approach, sort of digging into the last third, uh, I don't know if you guys had this experience, um, but I basically start crying at the point they take off on the bike ride and do not stop until the credits roll. (laughs) Um, And granted I'm sensitive, uh, but I don't know like what, what was your, to me, this is like, has a very emotional gut punch feeling to it. Anytime I watch it. Um, What, what, what is that like for you? How do you guys take this movie emotionally? Josh, let me take it first. Yeah, the I certainly found myself towards the end tearing up a little bit, um, you know, with especially the the scene where you don't know whether or not he's dead or alive, mm. and mm-hmm. and then the fact you know it's it's, it's looking at the plant and the flower just withering away, mm-hmm. and then he's just over like saying goodbye, and you just you you know he had him in that like cryo chamber. Um, and, and that's where the acting really stood out to me of, yeah. of Hunter. Uh, the, it was just like, it's like my guy, like I'm 33 and I could not act like that. Um, so, I mean, kudos again to the casting director and Spielberg for finding this kid. But I mean, that scene like really stuck. And it was like, cause at, at a certain point, like the, you know, the, that iconic shot where, you know, he's the moonlight and he's flying and, you know, it's like, oh, please don't crash. Like, yeah. like I, I was like, you know, I had seen that scene before, but not in context. And I was like, oh, I thought this happened like towards the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah, like, Josh, what did you think about the first the first flight? Because that was a big sort of a big moment for the movie. Uh, you know, it was uh, it didn't really like wow me emotionally, probably because I, I, I had seen it before and in like award show like type clips because again mm-hmm. like when i was watching the john williams afi referenced you know they, they show that clip yeah um but it, it permeates you, pop culture so yeah. i mean it's not but to put it in context though is a different thing like you were saying mm-hmm. but once it gets t- towards the end and and then again you know all the bikes and then they're flying to get away from the uh, uh you know the g-men um yeah that's a, that's important and then you know that Again, the John Williams just, you know, he elevates the movie, you know. Da, na, 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 na. Like, well, oh, yeah, while, while we're on it, what, what, what are you thinking about the, uh, the score? What's your, what's your thought on that? Yeah, again, um, I wouldn't say, like, it's my favorite John Williams, because I think, you know, he only got better 
um, as uh, as he aged. But I mean that that theme. Um, I'm not sure like ET's theme or whatever he calls it. The uh, but you know I thought it was very you know it sort of fit how narratively the movie was going. You know it's you don't really hear much of a score. You know just you're hearing more of just the sounds. Um, and again, you know, uh, just focusing on the technical side of it, like the sound design of this film is incredible. Um, it's really but, good, yeah. Yeah, I think I think the uh, you know towards the end, you know, getting to that climax and you know with ET, you know, with you know, that scene where is he dead? And as it goes towards the end, like I thought, you know, the, it had that that Williams feel, and I don't think any other composer could have could have done it better yeah Um, and he so for like the last 10 minutes of the movie too um williams was like really stressed about how he was gonna do it like he was sort of looking at like what they had he's like i really like i don't know if i'm gonna be able to get this right um and so spielberg went to him and said just compose something make it as good like compose something you think is like perfect and i'll cut the movie to it which i think it really because the the score is basically all the dialogue you get for the last 10 minutes like once they're like on the bikes and going like it's mostly just that score that's really driving everything forward you don't even have like the police on the radio being like they're going down third, they're going down. Yeah, hell. exactly. Like, like you never you expect, like it's just a, yeah. You like, kind of expect that in a moment of here, at least like police chatter, or you know, you get the kids every once in a while being like, "Let's split up," but like that's that's yeah. it. You know, nowadays you'd have constant communications. The kids would have earpieces and be on their cell phones, <laughs> and you know, the cops would be on the radio, and like the mom would be on Skype with the dad in Mexico, being like, "They've run away." <laughs> I, I don't know, like. <laughs> So yeah. I think they'd be on a lot scooters. Of, yeah, exactly. They're e-scooters. Yeah. So, um, I mean, to have that just be the score in those final modes where it like, you know, there's tension there because you don't know, like, yeah, he just came back to life. But like, are they going to get him again? Like what's yeah. going to happen? Are they going to, you know, is he going to have to get beamed up in the middle? You just, you don't know going into it. Are they <laughs> going to miss the, the, the ship again? Yeah. Even? Like, even if you can get away from, the government Mm -hmm. (laughs) like what if you miss what if you miss the boat again yeah and i will say like the the part where you know that the government finally comes into it and then you're seeing the uh the astronauts enter the house like (laughs) a little bit of that like it's like you know i'm thinking like are the characters like in a daze where it's pretty surreal they're seeing the astronauts come in but then you don't see them again um and then you know of course it you know probably fast forwards a little bit and then you know that giant tube and then you get peter coyote um you know the narrator extraordinaire um, yeah. right when, when i watch movies i like i i fall in love with like cinematography and, and camera work and i i think how'd you like it man i i thought it was it was shot very well you know there's it's it's that Spielberg, you know, like the panning dolly going across. And I thought the one thing that really stood out to me is uh, when you're entering the house, the camera's like following through the tube. And then like you're leaving the house, the camera's following you out of the tube. I thought that was a nice little detail. 
and uh, I'm not sure like the cinematographer who shot who shot it, but I mean, I yeah, he shot uh, the Color Purple, uh, Empire of the Sun, and a mm-hmm. couple other Steelbook movies before uh, I forget what's face took over um, with Jurassic Park and uh, oh Janice. Yes, yes, yes. Kaminsky or Kaminsky. Um, I will say, sort of watching it, sort of you know picking apart, if you will. I, I hate to do it to my my favorite movie, but the whole the whole ending of this movie, and I don't want to jump too far because I think we have a couple other things that, uh, to cover. But very emotional ending for me, like almost every time I watch it. <laughs> um, but like even to like when we get back to the hospital. The makeshift hospital in the uh, in the in house. House, yeah. Yeah. Um. Everyone's like just wearing masks. Everyone's super conservative as far as what they should be doing. And then it's like ET's dying, and everyone takes off their masks. I don't. Yeah, that part was weird. I, like, I, I, yeah, that was a weird part for me to understand alive. as an adult. Uh, as a kid, I'm could give two shits, but um, as as an adult, I was kind of like, what is the sensitivity of uh, not having E.T.'s breath in my own mouth. Like, <laughs> it's... <laughs> well, because I think at that point he was dead, dead when they started taking them off. So they were like, yeah. oh, okay, well, he's not exhaling, so therefore there's I no I know, but like his skin, his, like, everything about him, it's like they spent so much time to wrap this individual in a bubble that right when he dies, it's like okay to, like, let him go. To start kissing him on the mouth. <laughs> So, I mean, I found it weird. It, all I, of the like the normal human medical things they were doing. They're like, we gave him epinephrine and we gave him like all these things. Like, what, how much stuff did you pump in this little dude? Yeah, that's probably what killed him. They're like, yeah. when they take yeah, out the right, defibrillator, right, right. like, really, you guys going to shock this thing? Oh, like, come on. You don't know what little, his physiology is. And little Gertie is there crying. I love it. <laughs> She's so good in this movie. Like, I. Yeah, the part that... that gets me emotionally is that the look Elliot gives his mom during like the goodbye sequences, where he's like he's hugging ET and he just looks at her and she just like breaks down and like falls to her knees of like, yes, she's heartbroken for her son because he loved and cared for this thing, where it's basically like losing a, a pet almost, mm-hmm. where it's just like he took care of it, he was so brave and so responsible, and he's heartbroken, and I'm watching my child's heart like his little heartbreak. And he's so sweet and he's so gentle and just like she cannot take it. Yeah. And that's when I was just like, okay. I mean, <laughs> okay. It's gonna be yeah. okay though. Josh, what what were some of the more emotional points of this movie for you? Probably you know, probably towards the end. It's when I you know really started I guess honestly feeling something. Uh, <laughs> oh I uh you know, again, because I think you know I keep saying it like Viewing it as you know, thirty-three-year-old male, I think uh, you know the connection that he develops, and then you know, you know, he thinks he's dead, and he's saying goodbye. And then I think you know, at that point, like, like at one point, I wrote down like you know, goosebumps, <laughs> uh, especially with you know the score coming in. But um, you know, overall, like, you know, as I said, you know when. The movie started. It took me a while to get get into it, and, and I truly I, I enjoyed the movie, but I don't think it's gonna emotionally resonate with me like you and Bridget. 
yeah um, it's a it's it's a big one for me i uh yeah my so i watched this with my grandmother when i was you know four mm-hmm. for i can't remember what age i was but i remember sitting with her all the time when she came to visit in california or whatever now the other thing that i loved about this movie too that maybe resonated with me was that all of the towns or the town in this movie is a Southern California town with the sort of Spanish tiling. Um, so I resonated with that cause I, it, it something that I recognized. Yeah. I don't know. This whole movie is like I said earlier is a big blanket. Like every time like some, you want to watch ET, I'm going to watch ET. It's I'm putting a big virtual blanket over myself every time I watch <laughs> this movie. Every time the opening sequence, which is the, the sparse imagery of E.T., um, you know, b- bringing him into the house, all of that. And then, uh, you know, following him into leaving the planet is one of the most exhilarating experiences I've ever had in my life. Um, I love this movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, I. It. it I get it. I, I, I am trying to understand what someone coming into this without having the experience of watching it when they were younger. Um, but I think you are coming away with some of the good elements, which are, well, there's a whole bunch of them, but you know, this, the William score is fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's so it, it, it crescendos to an end in this movie that I think most movies don't have. I I, no, I tried to think of like other movies that like you think of like the first Star Wars where it you know John Williams score crescendos the medals are put on and it ends it's it's a beautiful ending here it's the same thing um, outside of that I can't think of a lot of movies that end on such a incredible high I mean if you want to mention one interject one I would love to hear it, but it's I can't think of too many that do that it's a bit like. Uh... It felt very hook-like uh, towards the end, um, where and and I guess the the way I'd explain that is because you know, obviously that I, I mentioned earlier that Hook was might have been like the first movie I I saw, um, and then you know I know that movie was like sort of pan critically and Spielberg later said he regretted making it, but um, I like it. it yeah, fun. especially you know I think much like how you're all feeling you saw this you saw et as a kid but you know if i'm looking at the ending of hook where you know they come back from neverland or there and you know you know reconnects you know he sees his wife and then the mother finds the kids again and then you know robin williams is like you know with williams a score again you know you know oh to live it'd be an awfully great adventure you know like and then it's just like you're seeing I forget the the marbles guy, <laughs> like floating out. I it I, I thought of that when I, you know the ending of ET, and that that may just be a connection I'm making in my own head to because the you know obviously it's a very kid oriented movie, much like Hook. So I think Hook is probably the you know, the better of those two movies. You think um, Hook is better than ET? No, no, I'm saying ET <laughs> is is better than uh, 
I'm just gonna say, I can hear the contempt. <laughs> I can't see Johnny's face, but I assume it just exploded. Oh no, yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, I am. Uh, uh, I am ready to jump through a window. <laughs> Josh, lock your doors. He knows where you live. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it's a, definitely you know. Um, again, I, I, I wish, I wish my parents had sat me down and showed me that movie. Um, most of the time when I was a kid. I think this movie would have done a lot, a lot yeah. of work for you when you were younger. I um, saw a lot of rated R movies as a kid, which yeah. I probably shouldn't have, which would explain sort of the mental state I am in today. <laughs> right, right. I mean, I, I'm happy to know that for adults who have not seen this movie, they enjoy it at the very least. They're not coming away saying it's a piece of shit. You know what I mean? Because it's, everything's objective, everything, whatever you want to say. But, I mean, this movie is kind of a master class i i don't know bridget <laughs> yeah i i i'm probably too close to give a you know uh, a real verdict on it because i do love it so much um but it is like it's just really well done and like there are places it could have gone wrong like just thinking about the un- ending like something i read today and i never knew this is originally the film was supposed to end like okay et gets on the spaceship rainbow great but then there was going to be like almost like an epilogue of like the gang all back at the house and like ellie is you know the dungeon master running the D game but the, like the machine is like on the roof hmm. like to kind of tie it all together um and i read that today and i was like that would have been fucking whack hmm. Like just such like totally take the pa- like the sort of right. that like really triumphant moment away from the ending, and I think what a lot of things like Super Eight, Stranger Things, things that have tried to like really tap into like the ET energy and vibe make that kind of mistake, like to their detriment. Like the film is so well done, and like. I don't think a lot of people are tapped into what makes it good. And I don't think it's necessarily easy to always like pinpoint, like what about it is like how all the different pieces come together and work or whether you could do another movie like this again. I think part of all the kids and all that. I think part of it is that you don't want to take away. Like, I almost don't care that their lives just like go back to normal after this. Yeah. Like I, how could they? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, you know, like it would be weird to be like, okay, cool, it's Friday night, we're playing D and D, but yeah, there's an umbrella wrapped in tinfoil on the roof. Uh, don't worry about it. It's <laughs> just it's it's there because we're hoping he'll come back, but he might he might not. I don't know. But whose turn is it to to order the pizza? Like I don't I don't care about that sequence. Yeah. I don't want to know that their life somewhat goes back to normal, unless there's like because you know that there'd be a thing where then they'd look up, it would pan up to the sky, and one star would twinkle, yeah. and you'd be like, ah, he's uh- out there. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, they did it. Yeah, like so I just am so glad that that did not happen. Um but I think they did actually film it. Um the actor who played Michael like has talked about like we filmed it, but then right. when Williams presented the score, they were like, "Well, that's we're not going to do that. <laughs> just keep it moving." Um <laughs> Do you guys have a favorite, like, 
moment like cute et moment like et does like a cute thing in this movie that like makes you go like no you're so fun and cute be my friend kind of thing i i mean for me it's all of the uh the beginning where he's knocking shit over in his uh his bedroom he's just kind of just fussing with stuff and looking at stuff touching things i think that whole sequence is so beautiful and it works so well. Mine is probably when he gets his picture taken as the ghost and he falls over because he doesn't understand a camera <laughs> or flash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like, and, the, yeah. and the ouch, ouch. Oh, the the multiple ouches. It's fake. It's a fake knife. Fake, Stop. Fake. I personally, I'd, I'd, I'd want to have a beer with you too. Right. <laughs> Wow. Where's um, Banquet with E.T.? Yeah, yeah. We'll watch some John Wayne. Yeah, up, upgrade. Uh, the, the John Wayne, he has the little calculator thing in front of him. He just, it's, it's fucking great. That's, yeah. <laughs> like, I wonder how, like, did he slam six beers in, like, a half hour, or is that over the court? You know, I, I'm just thinking of how long he's, like, been drinking, and I'm just like, you've you got a drunk alien, you know, just chilling, and I feel like he mainlined him because, I mean, <laughs> Elliot was still in the same class. Yeah. Yep. You figure a class in middle school or whatever is 45 to 55 minutes or so. Yeah. And they still had to, like, you know, do the actual dissecting, which you think you need at least a half an hour of that for. <laughs> so I think he he slammed down six beers in, like, 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> like, mm. <laughs> Rolling them back. Yeah. I yeah, always... Good, good on him. Oh. Go ahead, Josh. No, no, no. You're good. Oh, I mine is always like when mom comes back in the house because she hears something and she goes up and opens the closet mm. and she's like looking around and it like pans past all the stuffed animals and he's just there with his little face. <laughs> <laughs> I love that closet so much. It's it's, <laughs> it's one of the most comforting places I've ever seen visually. In a film, like maybe ever. I know when I Michael goes. To, I want to just lay in there, read a book, maybe take a nap, maybe smoke a joint. I don't know. Like it, yeah. it, it feels <laughs> so good inside that room. When Michael lays down in there, like when all the oh, shit's going so down. It's so good. It's so good. It looks so cozy. I mean, he wakes up to abject terror because he sees that the plant has died and he knows that, like, <laughs> E.T. and his brother are probably dead, uh, but it just looks so cozy in the all the parts leading up to that horrifying yeah. <laughs> revelation. I love the whole movie. The house is a very comforting, hazy, warm, lidded place the entire time, and it feels so goddamn good <laughs> the entire time. It feels so good to be in there because he doesn't strip away he doesn't go to another cutscene or anything else everything lives within the house unless it moves outside of it and then back into it it feels that good it feels yeah. so good and even within the house it's really focused like you don't really see much like of like outside of like the kitchen living room area looking at the tv and then the elliot gertie bedroom closet quadrant you don't see much you don't see michael's room you don't see mom's room really like that's it um which begs the question um this is something that i was like hmm watching this time around 
why do they have a model train in the middle of their house that starts going off like as they're coming in through the windows? Did any of <laughs> you catch fucking that? Sick. That's why. Chaos. Yeah. Yeah. I just like it's great. Like it definitely it adds to the the confusion and the terror and like oh my god what's happening? Yeah, but there's no reason but for just, it. But just like really. how did we we didn't set the train up at all prior to this? <laughs> It was a school project. I bet. It was right. just, he was working yeah. on it. And yeah. It just started going. Probably, probably used a potato to plug it in. And it's a science experiment. <laughs> so, Josh, when you're watching this, are you looking at it through the lens of someone that thinks this is an amazing movie? Are you looking at it from a complete blank plate? You know, again, you know, I, I prefaced it at the beginning that, you know, I, I understand this is a movie that there's a lot of feelings. And it's one of those, like, you know upper echelon films uh so you know i went into it as open as i could and you know i think as we've discussed um you know i think just you you can tell it's the movie is made for for children um and and a not you know almost like uh a pre-Pixar type film uh, is one way I could put it where, you know, whether, you know, you're a kid or an adult, I think it, it should resonate and it, and it does resonate with me. And I don't want to sound like I'm rambling here, but I, you know, I, I understand it's, uh, you know, it's one of those movies that everyone loves and, uh, you know, much like uh, a lot of my favorite films, you know, like I, I look towards Star Wars, you know, because when I was a kid, you know, I saw it and, you know, I think for, for all its flaws and, you know, all of you have made fun of me for my appreciation of the prequels, um, you know, or, you know, forgetting to turn off Attack of the Clones in the middle of the night. Uh, <laughs> yeah, for, uh, for, for all your listeners out there. But, uh, um, yeah, I think um, I, I, I think I definitely have to watch it again. And, uh, you know, um, and I think as as it sits with me it definitely has a very homey vibe and i it's it does feel comfortable mm. like i could easily see myself in that world in that closet hanging out with you johnny <laughs> <laughs> uh, that you like so much but um yeah please I, think, I want it to happen so bad yeah that like we should find that house and i'm sure people like have and you know like it's probably if you find on Google Maps, it's blurred out, or they probably updated it. I'll just make my second house. bedroom into it, man. We'll make yeah. it happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's you know I I find myself you know it's 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 a mixed bag though. Like mm. it's a it's a good movie, but there's you know I'm just thinking back to like you know again like I wish I was 25 years younger seeing mm-hmm. this and you know yeah it's it, it's a movie that you need to see super young. To really understand below the waistline, if you will, a, per- a perspective of what's going on. But I mean, you at least see, Josh, though, like why this resonates, you know, with with people, correct? Like, I know that you kind of have to sit on it a little bit more and probably have some repeat viewings to, to really you know, yeah. get into the nitty gritty of it. But you at least like you have that understanding now of why this is where it is for people. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, culturally where, you know, especially, you know, the, the sort of the historical aspect 
of my mind comes out where, you know, this came out in 82 and a few years after Star Wars, you know, um, a lot of the, the movies around the time started like emulating each other. Um, and, you know, that's certainly where Spielberg start to hone his craft. And, and I, I, you know, there's a few other movies I think that came out around that time too, that try to capture that this one like this, was it explorers like with Ethan Hawke and river Phoenix? Um, you recall that one i think it was like 85 86 i remember seeing that um you know when i was a kid as well thinking like oh man this would have been a nice companion piece to et um and then uh i i thought of there was a movie that came out in the 90s with joseph mazzalo was it like space kid um oh i remember like seeing the video the at the yep yeah. At like, oh yeah, we're at the with the, the mm-hmm. rental. Yep. Spot. But I definitely see all the, you know, the copycats, you know, coming mm-hmm. after that. Um, so I, I, that's why I'm not like, you know, I'm not coming out riding, you know, saying like, that is, I'm sorry, absolutely terrible. Worst mm-hmm. movie ever seen. Like, I'm, I'm just not that person. Um, and uh, I don't know if, if, if Brian ended up catching some of it, Bridget. But, uh, no, not at all. He yeah. he <laughs> went out of the house. Like and like so those who don't know us, um, Brian feels very strongly like he does not like E.T. the creature. <laughs> um I think he I think he would be okay and like the film, um, but he is just disturbed by him. Um Yeah, and, he talked about it on our alien episode. Uh, yeah, and did not listen. And cannot see it. Um mm-hmm. And so, the the world will never know. But I I have to, yeah, I have to believe, in order to spend the rest of my life with him, that if I could just convince him to watch it, (laughs) that he would like it. Yeah, maybe Um, do that. But uh, (laughs) I, for the time being, I have to respect his his very firm (laughs) boundary. It's what we'll do for the bachelor party. We'll regard. make him watch yeah. it. Tea. <laughs> Time to a chair. Just make him watch oh, it. Oh, God. Yeah. Like <laughs> Clockwork Orange. Yeah. Yeah. Never uh, forgive me. Well, I, I, I'm glad that we were able to show this to you, Josh. Yeah. Um, I, I do hope that you, you know, try, try it some more. You know, if you give it a repeat viewing to, you know, not necessarily right back to back. You know, you, we don't have to do this next week, like, yeah. like we joked earlier. But uh, I'm glad that we were able to show it to you. I'm glad that we were able to kind of close that that tiny little canyon in your uh, in your knowledge of yeah. Steven Spielberg movies. So I'm glad we flew over the canyon in a bike. Yes, mm-hmm. we did it yeah. together. Put you in the basket. Yeah, brought you <laughs> over with us. I, to I, the other I, side. I will say it. It, it is quite the dichotomy where i watched schindler's list yesterday uh, yeah very different <laughs> and then now i'm watching very different movie yes you know i'm thinking now you know the the g-men are actually the ss looking for et to bring him to like a treblinka <laughs> yeah not um, not quite the same wavelength <laughs> no yeah but no it's i i think i, I think the the more I, I sit on this and you know it's definitely been one of those bucket list films you know, in conversations that we've all had together where it's like, you know, talking to ETMs like, oh, I've never seen that. And I get that like 
you know, that stare, like looking mm-hmm. and it's like, excuse me? Like, yeah, you'll never get that hey again. Guys. Yeah. You won't. Yeah, I finally saw it. And That's so. It. You can interject now and be like, I've seen that movie. Yeah. Like, yeah, everyone has. We're <laughs> down for 35 years. Like, come yeah. on, we've all seen it. Um, <laughs> So no, that's exciting. No, I'm glad we were able to do this. Um, but I think I think that'll wrap it up for the for the episode. So Josh, thank you so much for joining us this week. Um, thank you for coming on. We'll get you on again for yes, certain um, for both things that you have not seen again, and also I know that we've got some things in the pipeline that you'll be a, a great expert for. Um, that are some of either your favorite movies or potentially one that you don't like but have very strong feelings about that we may bring you on for in the, uh, in the future, but that will do it for this week's episode of fine. I'll watch it. Remember you can find every episode every Thursday morning at 9am on Google podcast, Apple podcast, Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify. Uh, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at broken clock pods. So let us know what you think of ET. What are some of your favorite Steven Spielberg movies? What are some of your favorite children's classics that you loved as a kid that still resonate with you? Uh, let us know on Facebook and Twitter at Broken Clock Pods. Um, but once again, for fine, I'll watch it. My name is Adam. I'm Bridget. And I'm Johnny. Thanks so much for listening. Mm-hmm.